last, the last message in our series on Sermon on the Mount. And I don't know about you guys, but this has been such a neat sermon to preach through. And if you've missed any of the sermons, you can go back on our website and you, we have all of the messages. And you could also go on Spotify and we have, we have a podcast so you can listen to it if you're just in the car and you can't watch it and you just want to listen to it. You can go back and catch any one of our 17 messages through the series. And it's been a powerful one. And the simple thing for me is that I've been able to just preach Jesus's words. If you look at like the Bible and you've got those red letters in your Bible, we've just been going through the red letters and looking at what Jesus has talked about. He's talked about relationships. He's talked about, you know, forgiving people and praying and fasting and giving generously. And he's been talking about being the salt and the light of the world. He talks about being persecuted and, and you're going to be blessed as a result of being persecuted for his name. And so we're going to get to the end of the message and we're going to get to Jesus's words here. Now, um, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up and, and read with me in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. We're just going to go through the entirety of the, the passage and then I'll break it down a little bit for you guys. So Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Now, as we look at this, this passage, we see Jesus is talking about uh, um, two different people and two different houses, and one one builder built that house on a solid, rocky, stable foundation. They took time to prepare the ground and to make sure that the house that was built on that foundation was a solid foundation. The other person, they built their house on sand. And so they, they built the house, but they didn't take time to prepare the foundation. And so it's interesting in the story that both of these houses look the same from the outside. But when the wind and the waves come, or when the wind and the storms come, what happens is that that reveals that house's foundation. And so it's like Jesus uses that as a metaphor for our own lives. That if we build our lives on the rock of Jesus, that when the storms in our life hit, we'll stay standing. But if we have a, a shaky foundation... And that's really the problem here. The problem is a shaky foundation. Then what's going to happen is we are going to fall down. And I want you guys just to, to see this. Um, when Jesus had finished saying this, verse, uh, but everyone who hears these words and puts words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and the beat we beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. And so I have a picture here of a house that wasn't built on a good foundation. And um, that is a house that 
obviously something happened and it came toppling over. And maybe you remember as a, a child when you were at the beach and you would build that sandcastle and you spent so much time and it was this really neat and elaborate sandcastle and as soon as the wave came through, boom, in one fell swoop, that castle was gone. And it's like that in our lives when we build on the shaky foundation. Wow, when Jesus is talking about this, think about this, the Jordan River was subject to these violent rains, rains and these sudden storms. And so the Jordan River at times would swell and it would, the water would go over the banks. And if the house was built too close to the Jordan River, what would happen? If it would reveal whether that house was going to stand or not based on whether it was a shaky foundation or a solid foundation. We know this from just living next to the Russian River. How many of you have been out to the Russian River and you know it's beautiful, but when it starts to swell, that's when flooding happens. And that's when many houses in Guerneville and various places next to the Russian River have fallen down. But some of those houses have stayed standing. Why? Because they have a solid foundation. I love this story because think about Jesus is talking about building houses. Do you remember what Jesus, his work was by trade? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, he's the son of the carpenter. Jesus is actually, how many foundations did Jesus build with his father Joseph growing up? He knew what it took to have a strong foundation, to have a strong house. And so here Jesus is using his expertise to be able to describe a spiritual truth. That if we build our lives on the rock and the solid foundation, we also will stay standing. Obviously, the rock is Jesus himself. And he says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I love this. He, he's contrasting a wise man versus a foolish man, a wise person versus a foolish person. Now, what is wisdom in the Bible when he talks about a wise man? Wisdom in the Bible, we oftentimes think of somebody that has a lot of knowledge or intellect. Wisdom is not in, intellect and knowledge. Wisdom is being able to take knowledge and truth and the things that are true about this life and being able to apply them to your everyday life. That's what wisdom is. So when you wouldn't say like someone who, who has a bunch of degrees and someone who's super smart and memorized a bunch of things, you wouldn't just naturally say they're wise. You would say they have a lot of intellect, but you would say the person that knows these things and then is able to practically live them out in every area of their life and their relationships, uh, in their career, with their finances. That's what wisdom is. And so Jesus says, if you build my if you build your life on the words that I've spoken here, what are the words? Think about the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's chapter five through seven. What does he say? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're gonna have wisdom, the salt and light of the world that when you, you, you live and you do good deeds in the name of the Father, that he gets glorified. When, when you treat others the way that you want to be treated, this is all wisdom, when you spend time and hours alone in prayer with the Father, as you pray to him in accordance with your needs and intercession for others, and God who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. 
When, when, God, when Jesus says, be generous when you're giving to the needy, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So your giving is done in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret what will, will reward you. And so Jesus' words, if you just go back through Matthew, Matthew chapter five through seven and you look at his words, those are the words that we build our foundation on. It's a firm and strong foundation and I just love the, the illustration, the metaphor here. The house obviously is a metaphor for our lives. The rain is a metaphor for trials and, and storms that come into our life. And the foundation is Jesus himself. And so what is the shaky foundation maybe you begin to build on? Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, perhaps you're, you're building on your career and that's what you're putting all your eggs in that one basket. You're like, oh, if this doesn't come through, I don't know what's gonna happen. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I want you to start with me. I want you to start with the word of God. I want you to start with truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what I wanna do is, is, is answer the question, how do we remain strong during storms? How do we actually remain Strong. How do we make sure that our lives are still standing when we go through trials, when you go through a disaster, when you hear, you know, when somebody you love or maybe you've even gone through cancer? How do you stay strong in the midst of terrible news? When you're going through depression and anxiety, how do you stay strong in the midst of that? Well, I want to give you a couple things to think about. And the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, is to practice what Jesus preached. Practice what Jesus preached. You hear that all the time. Practice what you preach. I wouldn't even say practice what, don't even practice what I preach. Practice what Jesus preached. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into uh, practices like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, um, I wanted to show you guys a picture of a, a foundation. This, this picture here is the foundation of the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco, if anybody remembers when that was being built. And so this is pretty huge. Think about, look at how small those people are. And if you, if you think about the skyscrapers in New York, the skyscrapers in New York, they, they go stories down into bedrock. And so these piles go down just like stories and stories, hundreds of feet into the bedrock. And so you have these, these skyscrapers. But in San Francisco, you don't have that kind of, that foundation. You don't have that same kind of bedrock. So what they had to do is they had to create that. And this is crazy. There was 49 million pounds of concrete that went into that infrastructure to build a 1,070-foot glass and steel building, the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. Uh, it took 18 hours on a cloudy San Francisco Sunday. Um, again, 49 million pounds of concrete that just pumped. And I mean, you just have like these guys and they're scurrying around, they're working and they're creating this huge foundation. Why? Because if they don't have that huge foundation and they begin to build, the, the building is gonna topple over. And it's kind of neat because there's a structural engineer. He says, skyscrapers are basically big sticks coming out of the ground. So obviously one concern is the whole thing toppling over, says Len, uh, Leonard J Joseph. Structural engineer at Thornton um, 
Tomosity, a firm in Los Angeles. High winds or quaking earth can make buildings bend and wriggle. And if the wriggling takes upper mass too far off the center, the bottom of the building will begin to lift. This is called hinging. And it is very, very bad. Buildings that hinge tend to collapse. And so my question to you is, are you practicing what Jesus is preaching? And if not, your life will begin to hinge and it will eventually collapse when the storm comes. And we don't want to hinge. We want to stay strong and solid and stable. And so, uh, so apply what Jesus is saying. I love that the Bible, you know, even part of the culture of the bridge is that we learn and we do. We, we learn about what the Bible is saying and then we do. And so I know a lot of people that are super smart and can quote any verse and they know every single Bible verse and Bible story. But if I were to look at their lives and how they treat others and their relationships and how they handle their finances, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to replicate that. And so somehow they haven't transferred what God's truth is to their everyday practical lives. But Jesus was so perfect at this. Jesus, when, when he preached, he actually applied and modeled for us what it looks like to do that. In fact, on the night that he's betrayed, Jesus is there and he's with his disciples. And the Bible says that there's no one there to basically to, to wash people's feet. So Jesus takes the form of a servant and he begins to wash the disciples' feet one by one by one. He even washes the, uh, Judas's feet. Knowing that Judas is actually going to betray him just hours later, he washes the feet of his enemy. And he, he's modeling for us something that he told us earlier. Pray for your enemies, love your enemies, do good to those that, that hurt you. And so he's modeling that. And then at the end of this, this story in Matthew, uh, or John chapter 13, verses 15 through 17, this is what Jesus said. He says, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He doesn't say you will be blessed if you know this information. He says you'll be blessed if you actually live it out. And I love Jesus is so practical like that. And so what does that look like for us? Well, if we wanna be like Jesus, then you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. You're never more like Jesus when you serve your enemies. You're never more like Jesus than when you pray. You're never more like Jesus when you forget than when you forgive someone. You're never more like Jesus than when you sacrifice and you lay your life down for the mission of God. And so that's how God has called us to live. Um, Jesus' half-brother James writes in James chapter one, he, he basically writes, just do it. Just, you know, you think, uh, some of you are wearing Nikes today, and you think, oh, that's such a good slogan, just do it. And that's like one of the most famous slogans in our culture. But guess what? James wrote this down thousands, you know, thousands of years earlier. He says, do not merely listen to the word and, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Just do it. And so when you read the word of God, apply it to your life and allow it to change your life. And as a result of that, you are building on a, a strong foundation.
Secondly, is that um, Jesus is saying, stand with confidence during trials. I love how Jesus is so honest about life. He, do, he doesn't in the story say like, if the storms come, if the floods happen. No, he says, when they happen. And we know that. We know that there are going to be disappointments in life. There's gonna be financial hardships in life. You're gonna go through conflict. Some of you are gonna experience betrayal from people that cared about you or you thought cared about you. Others of you are gonna go through really difficult emotional seasons and maybe even just trauma and that trauma triggers something in you and you're having to work through things. We're going to go through trials, but if we are standing on the rock of Jesus, if we are standing on his word, what's gonna happen is that we're gonna stay standing. And God encourages us to do this. The rain came down, Matthew 7, verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You know, um, probably one of the, the greatest examples of this is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 9, he gets knocked off his donkey and Jesus reveals himself to him and, and, Paul, and Saul becomes Paul and Paul's like, okay, I'm yours, whatever you want, Lord. And so Paul begins to serve Jesus with all of his, his might, with all of his life, with all of his heart. And he goes on all these missionary journeys and you go, wow, look at this guy. He's dedicated his heart and his life to the Lord and serving him for the rest of his life. And you're going, man, that's gonna be great. And he's gonna have all these perks and it's gonna be a really easy life and he's gonna make a ton of money doing it. It's gonna be so great. And that's not what happens. Oh, thank you, that's perfect, perfect timing. It was more, yeah, bless you, bless you. Um, it was more like Paul decides to give his life to the gospel and to Jesus Christ, and all he gets is physical beatings. He gets people who act like they care about what he's doing, and then they betray him, or they somehow manipulate the situation. Uh, he, ends up, he ends up spending a night and a day on the sea, on the open sea. He's there, probably sharks are circling him, and like, like okay, Lord, I thought I said I was gonna serve you, and here I am. And so he goes through a series of physical traumas, of emotional traumas, and spiritual traumas. But here's the cool thing about Paul's life, that when he got knocked down, because he had Christ in him, because he is filled with the Holy Spirit, because he was standing on the rock of Christ Jesus, because of that, he was able to withstand anything that life threw at him. And there's a great passage. If you want to read about Paul's life and all the suffering that he went to, go to 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, he says this. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. <laughs> I hope you're encouraged this morning, Bridge. I hope that you are encouraged to know that some of you are feeling right now that you're being crushed, but you're not perplexed. You're in despair, uh, but you know what? God's, God's right there alongside of you. 
and you've been persecuted, you've been struck down, but you keep getting up. Why? Because you have the spirit of God living in you. You have now that power to live a life beyond your circumstances. And so when the, when the storms come in your life and they will come into your life, you stand on the rock of Jesus. You stand on his word. You stand on the truth of who he is and who you are in him. And God will, will reveal himself. Proverbs 24, 16 says it like this. For, for though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. And so you stay strong through disease, through disaster and depression, through divorce, through broken relationships, through disappointments, things in your life that you didn't expect. God is with you. And that's how Paul knew too. He heals us. Jesus never left Paul. Some of you understand this because you've gone through trials. Jesus never left you through the trial. God has always been with you. As I look back in my life, and sometimes in those moments, it feels like he has left me. I'll be honest with you. There's moments when I pray those, those, those Psalm 13 prayers. Lord, have you forgotten me? Do you know that I'm still here? I've had those prayers just like David did. And we have those moments when we can be honest and real with God. But as I look back in my life, even during the most difficult times, he has never left my side. He has always been with me and he's always been with you. And so sometimes in those moments, we just say, God, reveal yourself to, to us. And some of those moments, we just say, by faith, we'll continue to serve you, even though it doesn't feel, I just don't feel it right now. And you guys, don't base your faith on, on your feelings. It's just, you, you don't have, our feelings will ebb and flow, but faith in Jesus Christ and standing on the rock will stand forever. And so stay focused on what he's done for you. Um, I, I love this when Matthew chapter seven, verses 28 and 29 says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Jesus is speaking, I feel like in chapters six and seven, he's really speaking very, very specifically to the religious leaders and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees at this point. That's why he's talking about, you know, they're, they're praying these lengthy prayers, but they're trying to draw attention to themselves and, and, and why he's saying, you know, you're giving all this, this money, but you're doing it, why? You're not doing it to, to help the poor. You're actually doing it to elevate your own, your own image. And here he's talking about building on the solid foundation, but when Jesus is preaching, the people are amazed. They're amazed at his teaching. They're like in awe of who he is. Why? Because he didn't teach. He, his teaching came with power. His teaching came with credibility. His teaching came because when he was preaching these, these sermons, the disciples already had seen him living this kind of life. But the religious leaders and the, and the Pharisees, they were teaching all the right things, but their lives didn't represent it. And so the people were just in awe of Jesus and his authority and his teaching. And I just love the fact, guys, that it's so, so practical. You know, as we think about a foundation, there's a couple truths about building a strong foundation. One is that it takes time. 
You know, if you think of, go back to the, the foolish man that built his house on, on the sand. He didn't take time to prepare the ground. It was the, the wise man that built on a solid foundation. Well, that, that solid foundation, it takes time. I know that when we were building our house, our house after the fires, we had someone and they had to dig up all the junk and they had to create this, uh, they had to grade, that's called grading. I, I, not that I know all this stuff, but I know more about building than I ever wanted to know. But they had to grade the ground to make it kind of a solid, to start off with a solid foundation. And then they would, they would uh, drill for these piers and they would pour concrete to create the foundation. And it just took time to do that. And guys, as you are building your foundation in Jesus Christ and you spend time in his word and you spend time with him in prayer and you spend time connected to his body, the fellowship of believers, as you come to church and you're connected with some groups and you spend time, God is building that foundation. But it's gonna take time. And like I said, it, it also takes the right resources. You can't just build with kind of plywood and just some flaky stuff. Like you have to, to get the right foundation. And the right foundation is the word of God. That if you're gonna build, build on the, the truth and the words of Jesus himself. And you build with the right materials. And I'll also tell you this about any building that's being built is that the taller that a building is built, the deeper that foundation has to go. And so for any of you that God wants to use you and God wants to, to bless, God's got a plan for each one of you and he wants to use you in powerful ways. But before you, you jump to wherever God wants you to go, you've got to build that foundation I've seen preachers and I've seen pastors, I've seen people in ministry that have been gifted beyond what I could ever imagine, but they didn't build that foundation of character. They didn't build that relationship with the Lord, and so they used their gift, they had an influence, but when, when they got too strong, it was too high, they didn't have that foundation of Jesus Christ, and what happened is they toppled over. And, and for me and for you, we just spend those hours with the Lord, just spending time with him, developing that relationship, that foundation, and what God's gonna do as, he, as we humble ourselves before him, he will exalt us in his due time, and he will get the glory, but it'll only be a result of the foundation that you've built, and God wants to build you in some, some big skyscrapers of influence for his name. He wants to build you into a, he wants to build us into a city, of skyscrapers that have influence for his name. And so when I was, uh, one of the coolest things, and I'll, I'll read you a scripture and then I'm gonna uh, close here. But in Psalm 127, one, some of you are like, you're talking about a foundation of building and stuff. When are you gonna get to this verse? I finally got to it. Here it is. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And so it's like that for our lives. And when we were building our house, I looked over, they had poured the concrete for the foundation and right in the middle of our house being built, this is what I saw. 
Is that not the coolest thing ever? That's, that's underneath my foundation. That's why I know my house is not gonna fall when there's a storm. Because I I, I, it's, it's on like a solid foundation. But, but isn't that so symbolic of our lives? And, and what I wanna point your, the attention, I didn't even catch this, and I've had this picture for the past two and a half years. I didn't even catch it until this morning. But did you notice it's, the, it's rebar sticking out of there, but it almost looks like nails. And I started thinking the very foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ on the cross. The very foundation, if you were to go to the very bottom of the foundation of our faith, you would see a God who loved you so much that when we were separated from him and when we were enemies of him, he sent his one and only son to come to this earth to live the life in our place we could never live and to then go and suffer and die on a cross, have nails driven through his hands and his feet to have a crown of thorns stuck on his head. And, and in that moment, he's taking upon all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. He's taking it upon himself and he's then giving us his righteousness. When Jesus died, he sacrificed his life in place of yours so that you now can have a relationship with the Father. That when we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe that he died for us and that he forgave us of our sins and that we now have a relation, we have, we have new life, we've got freedom in Christ, we get to, he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit to live the life that we couldn't live apart from him. And now we can live this victorious life and have this hope of the future. Like guys, this is the foundation. And so here's the cool thing. There might be somebody in here this morning that has never said yes to Jesus Christ and said, yes, I want your forgiveness. I want your salvation. I believe in you. That today is the day you start the foundation of your life. Today's the day you say yes to Jesus. And for some of you right now, maybe you've, you've already made that decision and you started to, your foundation is a little shaky this morning. You just come back to Jesus and by his grace, his unmerited love and his unmerited favor for you, that you just rest in that knowing God, that God is going to continue to build your life. What is it right now? You just say, God, take my, take my financial situation. I want it to be built on you. Take my relationship, I want it to be built on you. Take my marriage, I want it to be built on you. Take my career and my future, I want it to be built on you. Take my internal emotions and all the chaos and the storm in my own soul, God, I want that to be built on you. And you take every part of your life and you say, Lord Jesus, it's yours. Man, this is, this is, these are good words from Jesus. I, I am, I'm pumped but I'm also pumped because I know someone here today is gonna receive Jesus and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to receive him right now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us beyond what we could ever imagine. And you gave your one and only son, sacrificed his life in our place so that Jesus, you would pay the sin debt that we could never pay. And so, Lord Jesus, if there's anyone in here right now that has never put their faith in you, that right now they would say, Lord Jesus, I trust you. 
I confess my sin to you and I receive your forgiveness and I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me. I receive that gift right now. And I ask that God, you would take my life so that, I would, that you would build a strong foundation that I can build from. Father, I thank you for each person in this room and I thank you for how you are, are drawing us back to yourself. And for those that maybe they've been building on a, a shaky foundation, that right now, Lord, they just say, no longer am I building on that foundation, I'm building on the rock of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your unconditional love and your acceptance for us in this moment. There's nothing we can do to somehow get you to love us more, Lord, but that you love us completely right now, right where we're at, God, and we receive that love. Let that be the foundation, God, as we build our lives on you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.